as Joe would say, blimey. Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. This is your Sao Paulo Grand Prix report in which we will discuss a Lewis Hamilton masterclass all weekend despite everything. I'll be more clear on that later, or we will. Another battle between the two title contenders without a crash on a sprint qualifying weekend. A return of the track and a sporting nation that we all love and much, much more. My name is Adam. I am your host. And as ever, we are joined by our good friends and F1 analysts, Joe and Jimmy. How was that race? Well, I know the answer, but can you tell the people at home who didn't get to watch it, I suggest you do, what you thought of that weekend. Joe, start with you. Um, it's. I think it's probably the best one of the season so far, I think. As a weekend, yeah? As a, as a weekend as a whole, yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. The kind of drama we want to see, and I think very importantly keeps the championship alive, which it was looking at one point like it, it was going to be the end of the championship on Friday night, and then all of a sudden it's back on... Uh, three races to go and it looks like it's going to go down to the wire. I've got to say, I was one of those people that thought on Saturday and on Friday it was all over. Hamilton couldn't even get to seventh. Never mind, think about winning the race after that disqualification for his rear wing being 0.2 of a millimetre wide due to being damaged in qualifying. He was still ripping it up though in qualifying. He, He was four and a half tenths up the road, wasn't he? Yeah, it's the, big, it's the biggest gap of the season so far, that um, that qualifying lap. So it was fair to say that he had a good car underneath him, um, but also a fantastic performance in qualifying. I don't think anything, anyone was expecting that. So, yeah, really good on, in qualifying. Jimmy, like me, were you thinking that it could all be over? Verstappen was going to take this with ease now or, or, or did you know that this was going to happen Hamilton would fight back I didn't know it was going to happen quite like this um, it shows it's one of those legendary races I mean that will be in the history books and people will talk about for years and years to come uh, because it was just incredible the way he just the sprint qualifying was incredible I didn't watch it but um, I watched the highlights <laughs> <laughs> and 15 overtakes uh, in the space of 24 laps is just amazing and he did such a good job um, and then in the race I mean dream start you know they were all saying that uh, it would be a lot more difficult to overtake because there'll be heavier fuel loads and they'll have to look after the tyres a bit more because obviously they'll slide about a bit more because of the extra fuel but yeah he, he overtook two people by the first or turn four I think and yeah he just got an amazing start and uh, yeah he went on to win it which is just incredible it, it was a swashbuckling performance that's how I'm going to describe it a, a back to the wall classic Lewis Hamilton drive all weekend he felt like he, he was up against it and that's where you see the best of him when he's really under pressure is it up there as the best weekend of his career Joe Definitely, definitely top five, I'd say, um, which, you know, shows how many really good weekends he's got. Um, but yeah, it's a weekend as a whole, definitely, definitely up there. But let's not forget, it wasn't just Lewis Hamilton in this race. Max Verstappen did well to get second place, despite Mercedes making huge strides, at least in Brazil. Um, so 
it's still tight in the championship. There are three races to go. Verstappen leads by 14 points. If Hamilton wins the next two races with Verstappen in second, they go into the final race, level on points after how many rounds? What is it, 22? 20? It'd, be after, it'd be after 21, would it? It'd be 22 because they cancelled Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. But what, whatever the round is, it's more after more than 20 races of going head-to-head, retirements, all going on, and they still can't be separated. Well, they still might not be <laughs> be separated going into the final race. And that is what we want to see. The title battle going down to it, all on the line. And that's what Brazil's all about. What did we rate that race? We'll start with you, Jimmy. I'm going to have to say a 10. Um, I've sort of... <laughs> I built a rod for my own back um, with giving... Uh, a previous race that we reviewed 10 so you know that was on par so i have to give it a 10 it was just a great race and um and yeah i'm i'm really pleased with the outcome if verstappen had won it'll be considerably less but because lewis won as well it's uh yeah it's 10 so an unbiased opinion there as ever let's go with you joe i'm guessing it's not 10 given your your shaking of the head well, for the for the race itself, ju- just the just the seventy one laps, I'll give it an eight and a half. I think, you know, that it was. Don't, don't get me wrong; it was an amazing race and great. But there there was a couple periods in the middle where it was a bit low on midfield action and that kind of thing. But still, outstanding race. And the fact that I can even think about complaining about it shows how how much we've been treated recently. It does indeed. It had a little bit of everything and it did feel, didn't it? Like the tension between Red Bull and Mercedes is beginning to boil over. It's beginning to get a little bit personal. Personal. Total Wolf's angry, isn't he, after the way that his team has been treated. And it, it was like a relief of some of that anger as a result mm-hmm. of, of Lewis managing to win. Despite that, yeah, you could you could you could see it on on everyone's faces, their reactions to everything that was going on. That it it just means so much to them at the moment, and tensions are running high. And I wouldn't want to be on the losing side. Imagine that would be a little uh, bit embarrassing, wouldn't it? It would, considering he started twentieth as well, and he won by ten seconds. What a joke! I was referring to the championship. Oh right, but... I see. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> It's a good point that I make, though. Yeah? You think that Red Bull will be embarrassed? Potentially, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get on to that. But first, we'll talk about the biggest winners this weekend. Let's stay with you, Jimmy. Who was your biggest winner? Um, Mercedes. Simply because they won and they have taken a lead in the Constructors' Championship. Um, They were already in the lead. Oh, they sorry. Were already <laughs> so a, a bit they've opened up a bigger margin uh, from Red Bull, um, which was it was one point. I think now it's ten points. They increased the margin by ten. Yeah, exactly. So increased the margin by ten. So yeah, amazing. And it looks like I know we said this before, but it looks like the momentum is with Mercedes at the moment. If they can keep that sort of pace up, surely. They have the faster car going into the final few races where we suspect, we don't know because we've not been to two of the the tracks and the other one has been slightly changed, but we suspect that Mercedes' high-speed pace, despite having 
the high downfall setup at Brazil is going to be quite something to go up against for Red Bull. But Red Bull, uh, it's that classic thing, isn't it? Verstappen is defending that lead now, isn't he? So the pressure is on him. And Hamilton's all, almost got nothing to lose. He's got the fastest car. And if 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 he can't catch him, he was already quite far behind. So he's just absolutely going to go for it, isn't he? And he did exactly that this weekend, which is why I'm under no hesitation in giving him the biggest winner award this weekend. I, I think you're probably going to agree with that, Joe. Or are you going a different aisle? No, I think there's only one choice and it's Lewis Hamilton. Uh, very rarely do you get a driver winning a race when they've had that much thrown at them. But he did. So I don't think anyone comes close to him this weekend. And very rarely do you get Lewis Hamilton getting driver of the day. Well, yeah, that just shows, you know, Max Verstappen only got about 20% of the vote this weekend. So, I mean, it's, uh, you can tell that he had a good one, Lewis says. And excuse the pun, because I know you don't enjoy these, Joe, but <laughs> it was a 101 in how to drive a good Grand Prix, wasn't it, by Lewis Hamilton? Oh, how many how many races has he won now? Hundred and one. Stop it! Uh, um, <laughs> I see. Very good, Jay. I just caught him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You helped. Yeah, you helped it, me deliver that, Jimmy. So thank you. But, but yeah. No worries. Is he is he now favourite for the title? Ah, oh, you get it. The things have swung so many times so quickly that I don't think you can call anyone favourite for the title. To be honest. Who are you calling? Well, I know we ask this every week, but who are you calling as your champion this week? Lewis. I'm going to say that Lewis is going to win the next two races and we're going to go level on points into Abu Dhabi. Unless Beltry Votas can get in, in the mix. <coughs> yeah. But we will see. Jimmy, what about you? What What are your crystal balls telling you? <laughs> um, my heart says Lewis. And my head is also starting to say Lewis. However, I think the pivotal race will be in Abu Dhabi. What, the last one that decides it? Yeah. I know well, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty clear. But what I mean is, um it's quite an unusual circuit, but Abu Dhabi. So we'll have to I know Lewis was uh, recovering from coronavirus, so he wasn't on top form. So we'll have to see. Um but yeah, it's open, I would say. But I would put my I wouldn't put any money on anything but Lewis probably. Okay, so we're going to give it to Lewis, which means that Verstappen will dominate the next race probably in Qatar in one week time. It's yet another big flight. And they had problems with the freight, didn't they? It was an eleven hour flight down yeah. from Mexico to Brazil and on Thursday during the press conference Lewis was like, I've got my car but my engines are still in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of gives an idea of the logistical challenge that the teams are facing. I'm sure the fatigue that they're facing too with three back-to-back -back races or, or a triple header, as they put it. Anyway, we'll move on to the biggest loser, Jimmy. You're about to go down this path with embarrassment. Are you still thinking that Red Bull are the biggest loser or have you got someone... Or something else in mind no i would have to say uh the fia yeah i've got that one too but tell us a bit more why jimmy 
I don't think they've handled themselves very well at all this weekend. Um, it all started with the um, Lewis's uh, rear wing, um, which I perfectly get. If it doesn't pass a test, it doesn't pass a test. And, you know, if there's any sort of wrongdoing, they should be penalised for it. However, it was by 0.2 millimetres. And I, you, everybody probably knows, Max, Max Verstappen went over to his Red Bull, gave the wing a bit of a tug then went over to the Mercedes and also gave the rear wing a bit of a tug. So I imagine, I'm not an expert, but him having a fiddle with it didn't really help matters. Um, and the fact that he only got a 50 grand fine, which is peanuts to him, and Lewis had to start at the back of the grid is just farcical. Um, and also Red Bull are changing their wings every day because they're bra breaking. So how does that work as well? Um, and then in the race, obviously, we'll probably discuss this later, but that incident, um, that was completely out of order by Max, um, as I would say as a Lewis fan, but it was still out of order. So just to give context to that specific incident, this was going into turn four. Hamilton went to the outside to overtake and got ahead, but Max had the inside line and pushed Lewis wide and couldn't even stay on the track himself. And... At the time, Joe messaged me and said, you can't defend like that. We will talk about that. But yes, carry on with, with what you were saying about the FIA's handling of this. Um, and, and finally, just to, to uh, close it off, um, Hamilton got a five grand fine, which I get, again, it's peanuts to him. He could probably pay that out of his back pocket. Um, but the fact that all he was doing is undoing his seatbelts. And I know you have to set a right example and all that sort of stuff, the junior formulas and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's just like, it's like Mercedes have been picked on by the FIA this this weekend. And yeah, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, let, let's start with the first incident, um, the wing. And you've also got finger gate in there too, if we're going to call it that. There was damage on there, whether it was Max or not, I don't know. You, you might be able to say that he did 0.2 millimeter of damage maybe maybe not but these are wings that are made to withhold high amounts of pressure from the air right i think the fia's notes even said that the mercedes concede that damage caused by max verstappen was unlikely yeah but oh, left okay. it at that Fair play. so i think it was it was a damaged part but the difference that the FIA have argued, and I agree with you, the FIA had a bit of a meh this weekend, despite making quite a bit of cash. Mm -hmm. the, ar the argument is that Red Bull's wings, despite being broken, they've still passed the, the legality tests, whereas Mercedes, dis despite it only being 0 0.2 millimetres, that's the same thickness of a screen protector on your phone. Somebody's seen the same tweet I had. <laughs> but it's it's a good it's a good example. It's a right? good yeah, it's a good metric. It's still over the limit and and you need to draw the line somewhere even if it is that marginal. However, it is a bit silly Red Bull being given permission to change those wings every time because part verme should be there for a reason. If if you've got damaged wings every week, you've got an issue. I, I feel like there should be a certain number of times you can change a part of the car and if, if you don't, well I'm sorry, you're designing a poor car if it falls apart every time you drive it. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Joe? 
on on specifically the wings and that that kind of decision making well it's been a a proper area of controversy this year hasn't it it's clearly a area that both both teams are trying to exploit the maximum stretch of the rules and they've both gone over it several times i think with the amount it bends the size of the gaps the they probably like open the gap during the race and then it close it you know so i think both teams are at it um it is hard to say red bull aren't doing anything wrong when they're clearly if they want to change the wing so much they might it must be going wrong quite a lot so maybe they have to they need to change the test as to what they measure maybe they're not measuring for the right things but i don't know and of course you you can't get a delegate to stick his prod in in a wing while it's going along at 150 miles an hour that's exactly and that's probably where those materials will give the give Mm -hmm. is that the the correct use of two gives yeah i think it is well you can go for it (laughs) i'll go for it i'll lick the stamp and send it um so it is a little bit of a mess there but that's formula one they're always pushing the limits what isn't formula one in my opinion is pushing an opponent off the track and the fia set that example when lando norris got a penalty for it um, and perez got a penalty for it in austria earlier this season so it's interesting that Max Verstappen didn't get that penalty. He didn't need, he didn't need to have the penalty for Hamilton to still beat him, as we saw. But that could have been title-defining. And it doesn't set a good example to lower formulas, once again, on how to race. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it, even on your birthday. Now, what what do you think of this? joe do you do you think that it was over the line as well yeah i i i i don't understand how that can be called that's that's not hard racing because what that does is it essentially means that on any corner with runoff now the car defending the inside can just go i don't need to think about keeping this within track limits i can take an extra 10 miles an hour and we'll just both go off, and that's fine. And we'll either have a crash, or I'll keep the position. Now, if Hamilton had turned in, which he would have had the right to do, it was mm-hmm. like that Austria 2016 moment with Rosberg, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they would have crashed like that, or ended up in the lake. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see how it can be fair defending, because you've just, you've just given the incentive for the car on the inside to take the corner in a way where they don't even have to consider making the corner. They can take the corner faster than they otherwise would. Because, you know, when you're defending, the disadvantage of going to the inside, yes, it makes it harder to be going overtaken, but it means you've got to take that tighter line into the corner. What you're now saying is you don't have to take the tighter line into the corner when you defend on the inside. You can just extend the corner. You can drive whatever corner you feel is necessary. To make it clear, I, I'm making the FIA the biggest losers this week for this sort of decision making, and it's really amateur that they they didn't even investigate the incident. They noted it, but they didn't have the camera angles of Max's steering wheel to see mm-hmm. whether he he turned in or not. I don't know whether you need the camera angles to see whether he turned in or not. 
We saw where he turned. Not into the corner. Yeah. By the way, I'm sorry about ranting on about this, and I, I know my, my dad kind of got fed up of me during the race, <laughs> moaning about this. Um, but it's a contentious issue. I've got a, a question, actually. Go ahead, James. So if, a, if the footage comes back from the uh, broadcasters and the FIA have a look, can they reopen it and give them a penalty? No. Potentially. Would that, would that put him back to third if he got five seconds? Bottas got into five seconds, but yeah. I don't think they could. They would open they it for an incident no. that's not like a safety breach or you know anything it, like that. It could be title defining though, couldn't it? Yeah, but you could argue Max would if if they'd have in, if they'd have given the penalty like during the race, then Max wouldn't have allowed Bottas to get within five or ten seconds. You've also got to think that Hamilton might not have done the overtake that he did a few laps later, and what a move that was. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad that the race was decided on track. So a part of me is thankful that the FIA are so incompetent sometimes. I mean. <laughs> But at the same time, it doesn't send the right message and it feels like Max Verstappen follows a different set of rules to the rest of the drivers. Because if if the shoe was on the other foot and Hamilton had done that, we all know that Jonathan Wheatley wouldn't be bleating onto the FIO saying, that is all about let them race. He'd, he'd mm-hmm. have been saying something quite different. Fortunately, though, Hamilton's not that sort of driver. He wins in the right way. And that's why the Brazilian public adore him so much. And the British public. Um, not so much. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like the Brazilians love him more than the, the Brits at the moment. <sighs> what an atmosphere. Anyway, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Joe, who's your biggest loser this weekend? I'm going to uh, move away from the front two and go to third and fourth. I think that McLaren are the biggest loser this weekend, I think Ferrari did an excellent job this weekend. Second weekend in a row that they finished fifth and sixth with McLaren not doing too well. McLaren only getting one point this weekend. And it looks like that third place is well and truly Ferrari's now. Um, and McLaren have just dropped off since since Russia. They've just completely dropped off and looking like fourth is the best they can hope for now. I don't think they'll finish any lower than fourth. They've got quite a comfortable gap. But, I mean, it's even looking like uh, Shaw might get Lando in the championship. He's only three points behind now. He's crept up on him, hasn't he? Charles Leclerc. Consistency, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's all this talk about Lando getting, like, maybe even getting third. And now, three races to go, Charles is three points behind him in the in the Drivers' Championship. So, yeah, I think excellent weekend for Ferrari. I was almost tempted to give them biggest winners because it's looking like they've lacked... Uh, sort of wrapped up that third place barring any like strange results um but yeah mclaren i think biggest losers it's it's a good point though that that you make about uh mclaren they it is a shame but ferrari are, are pulling out the results and they are a top team that were out of position so really they are in the right place in third position um mm-hmm. i do want to talk about some news that some sources are saying it looks like Audi have bought the McLaren Group. McLaren have categorically denied that they haven't. Autosport said they had. Autosport said they had, but then McLaren uh, released a statement saying that they they haven't. But these rumours, there's there's no smoke without fire, is there? No. I doubt it. 
But it seems a bit of a weird one to me, to be honest. I can see Andrea Seidel being the Audi team boss. It makes sense. Yeah, but McLaren have got such history in the sport. And so it'd be such a shame if they lose their identity. I completely agree with you, and it would be a shame. I suppose Fiat bought Ferrari, but Audi are thinking about entering in F1. That's the only slight hitch to that. Would it be McLaren-Audi? Or McLaren-Porsche, maybe? Potentially. We've There has been a McLaren-Porsche in the past, hasn't there? Mm-hmm. Has there? I didn't realise. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, there has. They've at least given McLaren engines in the past, but... Mm-hmm. Audi are looking more... Well, VW, the VW group are looking more and more likely to get into Formula 1 in one way or another. I hope they do, but I'd like them to have a new team. I think we could do with two new teams on the grid. You're right, but it's it's so expensive to buy a team, though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a, I saw a tweet. If, if, if you were a business person, would you pay £200 million to start from scratch or £500 million to buy... The whole of McLaren, including the F1 team, the IndyCar team, all the facilities and everything. It's a, it's a no-brainer. So I can't believe that McLaren would be so cheap to buy. I think it's, yeah, I don't know. There's talk about BMW buying half of it and then Audi buying the other. So BMW would buy the automotive side, road car side, and Audi buy the Formula 1 side. Are BMW and Audi in bed together? No, they're not, but... <laughs> no, they're not, but BMW hasn't really got a... I think we're going off the beaten track here, but I'll quickly summarise. BMW hasn't got a um, supercar uh, branch, so they've got Bentley, they've got Audi... No, they haven't got Bentley, sorry. They've got Rolls-Royce, they've got BMW Mini. They haven't got anything like Ferrari or Lamborghini. So they want to have a um, supercar manufacturer in their lineup. That's the upshot of it. Oh, you McLaren. They they did something with exactly. McLaren before. They had yeah McLaren F1. They had the six litre V12. It, it, it won Le Mans that so it did. you know yeah weren't bad then. No. Who do you think is going to be the next new team? Either buying a a, a current team or a new team completely like Hasworth. One it'd be one of VW's brands, but I mean I'd say I'd I'd love to have Porsche or something on the grid, but as a new team. But you also you also don't get money, do you, for the first few seasons? You've... Yeah, but you'd think a team like that could come onto the grid and genuinely move up the grid, not be like you know HRT Caterham, Virgin slash Marussia. They could be a actual proper force in a few years if they're willing to wait. Interesting times as Formula One becomes more popular, these F1 teams are becoming bigger and bigger assets, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right, we'll move on because we've got moment of the weekend to decide, and this could be a tricky one because there are so many moments to talk of. We'll start with you, Joe. What was your moment? I actually really, really liked uh, Lewis and Sergio Perez's battle. I thought that was probably the 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 best battle of the weekend um, because Lewis gets past Sergio and then Sergio fights back uh, down into turn four, uh, keeps it clean, my I add. Um, and then on the lap afterwards, Lewis uh, sets him up a bit better and means that he gets a worse run down the centre S's and... Lewis can stay ahead on the straight. I thought that was a great battle. 
and it was really exciting because it meant Lewis was now free to go chase down Max Verstappen and set up a brilliant fight to the finish. Very well said. And I've got to say, that was a great moment. There was a lot of shouting in my household. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a passionate fan. I, I am. I'm passionate. Jimmy, <laughs> what was your moment? Uh, it would have to be the overtake of uh, Verstappen the second time around. It didn't quite work out the first time, as we discussed. But I think that the second uh, overtake was just amazing. Hamilton got it done on the straight, which meant he didn't have to really worry about Verstappen outbreaking him. And uh, yeah, he was really clever in the way he set it up as well. From turn one, took a wider line, so he got a bit more of a, a launch down the centre S's and into the, the straight towards turn four. Absolutely. It was, it was a killer move and it was planned and concocted many laps previous to that. Now, that was my moment of the weekend, but I feel like I have to mention something else. So I'm going to mention, I know there's an honourable mention section, but this is my honourable mention in the moment of the weekend category. And that was Friday evening, Hamilton's qualifying lap, four mm -hmm. and a half times. It was stunning. Three purple sectors. What a lap. We were we were thinking Red Bull would be favourites. We really didn't know what was about to hit us at that moment <laughs> when we were watching that qualifying. No one did. And oh, the, the tension and nerves from that amazing lap to finding out that Lewis was under investigation. I woke up on Saturday morning and thought, well, he's probably been disqualified, hasn't he? I, I look at the news. He hasn't been, but Max Verstappen has been called to the stewards for, <laughs> for touching Lewis's car. <laughs> I was like, my goodness, what's this then? And there was a long wait, a long wait. Lots of people say, oh, well, they're going in at this time. We'll, we'll find out by then. We didn't hear anything. And then the news dropped. And that was it. It was like, well, that could be the title over then. And... I've just taken you through a long journey. But then we see Hamilton's fight back. We see him get a five-place uh, five grid penalty after finishing fifth in the, in the sprint. He's in tenth. Not as bad as last, but he fights back again. He goes and wins the race. I've not really given you a moment. I've summarised Hamilton's... The weekend. entire weekend. It, it, it was a moment in itself. That was a historical moment in Formula One. And I'm glad we got to witness it. Thank you for that moment. Uh, we'll move on to our honourable mention, and I might as well carry on, because after he won the race, there was that purple smoke coming out of the crowd. They were roaring every single overtake that Hamilton made. The Brazilian fans, Hamilton and Senna, it's that kind of historical love, used to hate, but but passionate triangle of strength and joy. And I just love watching sport in Brazil. And those Brazilian fans were incredible, weren't they? So I'm giving it to them. That's my honourable mention, or they are my honourable mention. I'm being greedy here. I'll hand the, I'll hand the microphone to Joe just as he takes a sip of water. <laughs> what was your honourable mention, Joe? Uh, second week in a row again, uh, Mr. Second Honourable Mention, um, Pierre Gasly um, provided 
the all the midfield entertainment for the race. Um, some brilliant moves on uh, Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso, who we know is not an easy man to overtake. Um, so and getting seventh again, which realistically is the highest place he could have got. So yeah, another outstanding job from from Pierre up in Brazil as well, which is obviously a very happy stomping ground for him. I was thinking about this the other day. Great shout, by the way, Joe, again. If Alpha Tauri had two drivers on Pierre Gasly's level, they could be knocking about the McLaren-Ferrari sort they of could, territory. They could, yeah. It's incredible, right? Yeah, he's just done an absolutely outstanding job all year. He's, he's definitely up there as driver of the season, really. Um, so, uh, yeah, he just delivers week after week at the moment. As I say, maybe... It'd be interesting to see him in an environment with a bit more pressure on him again. But as of right now, just dropping in those masterclasses week after week. Do you think that if, for whatever reason, Max Verstappen leaves Red Bull, gets fed up of trying to win titles and not doing so, Pierre Gasly's mm-hmm. the man that they, they parachute in? Or do you think that by that time he'll be, he'll be long gone from uh, the Red Bull camp? I certainly think he's worth considering. I think you'd probably rather have... I mean, if Max does leave Red Bull, you'd you'd think Lewis would be retired or something else by then. So, But I think you'd rather have Charles Leclerc or George Russell, but they seem spoken for. So perhaps, yeah, perhaps you would go for Pierre. Jimmy, your honourable mention, please. My honourable mention is a bit of a curveball, but I would say Lando Norris, simply because at the start, um, he got a fantastic start. Carlos Sainz, unfortunately, sort of pushed him against the wall and they touched, um, resulting in Lando getting a puncture, which is really important. It was very much not Carlos Sainz's fault. It wasn't his fault, but it was unfortunate that, yeah. He didn't push him. Oh, no, he didn't, no. But anyway, he got a puncture. He was at the back of the grid... And um, he got some hard tyres on and uh, he, he managed to finish 10th, which I think is good. Considering it was a great fight back, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Considering he could have finished maybe 4th or 5th, or, or um, maybe in front of the Ferraris potentially. Uh, but yeah, my honourable mention is Lando. It would have been interesting to see where Lando Norris ended up if he had made that move stick because he would have been into third position after that if he hadn't come in too early to the inside for Carlos Sainz's liking. Uh, Yeah, so a great shout there because he did fight back well. He was was a lap down quite quickly, wasn't he, because of having to pit and Verstappen and Hamilton as ever being in a league of their own. Uh, But yeah, fair play to Lando Norris. It's a shame he couldn't do it on his birthday weekend, but Mm, we will move on because we've come to a moment that I treasure every time we do this. It's it's the AJ on the line, line of the week. And Jimmy, you're going to begin. Yeah, so my AJ on the line, line of the week, was um, in Parc Ferme after the the race. And it was um, when Seb said, I'm just going to go and touch Lewis's rear wing. Uh, his mechanic replied, um, don't you dare, it's very expensive. And then Vettel replied back to him, um, I'll go and try the front, it might be 25 grand instead. 
So I just thought that was great. It's not really a line, but it's sort of along those lines. So yeah, that's my AJ uh, line of the week. <laughs> On the, um, On the, yeah. 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 Sebastian Vettel is who Max Verstappen should be taking lessons from. He is Chief Inspector Sebastian, and he knows how to check a car out without touching, touching it, it in inappropriate yeah. ways. Mm. Yeah. Or touching it up, as you put it. Yeah. We'll see what makes the cut. Um, so, a great shout. There are many AJ on the line, lines of the week contenders, but I think that the passion and the internal rage of Toto Wolf after all of the, the harsh decisions that have gone against his team, his troops this weekend, came out after Saturday's uh, drive by Lewis Hamilton from last to fifth, where he came on the radio, where he said, I thought that that really captured the emotion of it all. Joe, what was your AJ on the line, line of the week? Um, so I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed... Um the two teams' respective uh, commentaries, I suppose, on the Lewis-Max battle, um, because they were just so sarcastic and aggressive. Um, and I did feel sorry for Michael Mass, even though he decided to join in very much with it. You know, we have the incident with Lewis and Max where Max drives him off. Um, Red Bull know full well that Max is pushing his luck there, decides... To get on the line, that is all about let them race. We can all decide whether we agree or not. Um, Michael Massey responds saying, It's okay, it's okay. I've heard what you're saying, I've heard what you're saying. <laughs> Red Bull Mechanic, very <laughs> Red, Red Bull Mechanics, thanks very much for receiving the message. Um, Lewis himself, um, when he finds out no action will be taken. Wow, that that's crazy. Of course they're not investigating it. Of course not. Um, then Mercedes engineer comes on the line. <laughs> what what are they talking about? Honestly, <laughs> you know. So the whole uh, the whole exchange surrounding that incident was just filled with sarcasm, and you know, we. I just thought it was it was it's, it, it is interesting to see. It is just very interesting to see the fact that. In elite sport, we it just ends up with some childish bickering over the radio. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I always find those FIA listenings very funny, and they always provide some good lines. I've just had this thought now because we can't not mention it or some some of the things that came out this week. I think 
meme of the week and I will post our meme of the week on our website at ajontheline.com. I'll, I'll put it there or, or put a link to it. But it's got to be Toto Wolf's face when Hamilton overtakes Verstappen. Toto knows the camera's in the garage. He leans over, points at it, looks it in the face, <laughs> looks it right in the camera lens and points at it. And, oh, the, you could see the anger. It, it was as though he was pointing into Christian Horner's soul. It was brilliant. And um, you could turn that into many things, and I'm sure people have. But the internet produced as a result of this fine motor race. I couldn't not mention that. So that was your Brazilian, well, not Brazilian Grand Prix. It was the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, but we're going to call it the Brazilian Grand Prix because it's just easier, isn't it? What What is all this about calling cities, Grand Prix yeah. cities? Like, it's weird, isn't it? Hmm. Is it? Well, the promoters have obviously decided that they want to promote the cities, not the countries. Mm-hmm. However, did you see that... Um, I know we, we're babbling on a bit now, but it's interesting to me. Did you see that the FIA document that Lewis Hamilton received disqualifying him from qualifying is said on the document that it was the Brazilian Grand Prix, so technically Mercedes could have just popped him up in pole position. <laughs> so, yep, that paperwork you gave wasn't valid, mate. <laughs> I'm sure that would have caused a bit of a ruckus, wouldn't it? It'd be funny if they did it like at the start of the grid and said, yeah, we're going to take the penalty or we're going to accept the disqualification. Then they just went up to the grid, Red Bull, and said, move over and uh, we'll, we'll take the top spot. <laughs> Think of the absolute corner will be going mad. Wheatley, I think, will be having a heart attack. It'll be absolute pandemonium. <laughs> Wouldn't it? It would be mental. That would have been brilliant. Oh, you, you can just imagine Simon Lazenby be, being the referee between Christian Horror and Totoville. Right, lads, get in the ring. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's part of the emotions of sport, isn't it? That the, There is that tension, but it's natural when it gets this close and it's this competitive. It would have been quite funny, wouldn't it? Um, right, we'll move on, though, because we have to quickly. It's the Qatar Grand Prix this weekend. So we are going to do our predictions. First of all, we need to come up with a sensible prediction for the Qatar Grand Prix. This must be said, we've never seen a Grand Prix around this track because there hasn't been one, so kind of going into the dark with this one anyway so that's part of the fun joe we'll start with you what's your sensible prediction i'm gonna go negative i'm gonna say it's gonna be not the most entertaining race i'm mainly saying that because every time i've said that it's been a brilliant race so i'm hoping uh hoping for some spanish slash french luck there but yeah because that's uh yeah so it just, it just, the, the circuit looks like Bahrain if they sort of loosen the angle of a lot of the corners, meaning that you can't overtake into them. So it's, it's just a bit of a strange one. Yeah. Well, it isn't far from Bahrain, so may, maybe they just went over and thought, well, we, we can't copy their homework completely. They just sort of like squashed it a little bit, and it was like, mm, I, don't, I don't like it. Who knows? Maybe it could be brilliant. I've never seen a race around there, but unfortunately. I'm predicting boringness, mm, especially compared to the brilliant race we've had at a proper classic racetrack. 
um, recently. You're absolutely right. It's a tough act to follow into Lagos, but you might be wrong. You might be right. I hope we so. No, that's why we love this sport. We love sport in general. Jimmy, what's your sensible prediction? There will be a Ferrari podium. But for who? Chris Kamara. <laughs> uh, I would say um, Charles Leclerc um, or Science. <laughs> well, you've really. <laughs> Which Ferrari. Uh, what? Which other Ferrari driver might get one? I don't know. There might be Antonio the Giovinazzi. Mic- yeah, that's a good who point. Probably will have had his future announced by them. Or Mick Schumacher. Yeah. The whole front. Yeah, maybe not. But um, I think that's a bit far fetched. So your my your, standards, your but- sensible prediction. Let's get this straight. This isn't Banzai. This is sensible. Ferrari are going to come at least third. Yeah. I want to hear your bold one then later, if that's your sensible one. My sensible prediction is that Lewis Hamilton's going to be on pole position. But I want to just throw it back to Jimmy immediately. What is your Banzai prediction? My Banzai prediction is that Perez and Verstappen will come together. Um, okay, so how's this going to work? No, we don't know the track as well. Is this going to be due to Max's fault or, or Perez's fault? Talk us through it, because you weren't far off describing how Max and Lewis came together last time, Jimmy. There was at the right corner. Yes, yeah. I think what will happen this time around is it will be a sort of a tap into turn one, because it's quite a tight corner turn one by the looks of things. So that's my uh, prediction, that they'll come together in the, the first turn. So what do you reckon Perez accidentally taps him? Yeah. And Verstappen turns in a bit too much. Yeah, that's what I I reckon, yeah. Okay, very interesting. And Joe, let's hear your Banzai prediction. Has want no. Um... (laughs) I wondered what that tension was for, and my goodness. Um, I've not done this for a while. Um, I feel like he's dropped off a little bit. So I'm going to go for a Fernando Alonso mega start going up to p2 at the start and only one person will get back past him he's going to be a podium for fernando alonso and he's going to turn up at the post-race interview and act all smug about influencing the championship (laughs) and he will (laughs) let's not beat around the bush he will that's why he came back to f1 to get involved in the championship battle if he can't do it himself i was surprised he didn't put as much of a fight up against lewis in the spring Mm, i don't think he could to be fair yeah but he would have done if he could probably yeah you're right yeah yeah he'd have loved it look at me i'm fernando alonso i'm influencing the championship i am the (laughs) widest car in the world (laughs) (laughs) um i'm going to finish off with my banzai prediction for the qatar grand prix and that is that max verstappen intentionally crashes into lewis hamilton during the race there is shock on joe's face (laughs) visible shock very brave decision that is or what is it because max verstappen Nearly went into Lewis Hamilton on purpose this weekend. Yeah. Well, all it takes is one of them not to yield, and there's a crash. The only time that the only time that they didn't yield was in Silverstone, and look what happened—a um, massive crash. So, and in Italy as well. Oh no, I don't think it was on Lewis to yield that time around. Um, 
it wasn't it was on Max to yield for sure. But yeah, it, it suits Max Verstappen for them to have a bit of a crash, and then that's one more race that Lewis Hamilton can't win and catch up on him. I wouldn't be surprised if that's some of the thoughts going through his team's mind, even if they say to the contrary. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that Red Bull are dirty, but you know, it, it makes sense. I do know. Well, that's that annoyed me though. Michael Massey, despite his sarcasm, he he said to uh, Rod Meadows, the Mercedes sporting director. Uh, is it sporting mm, director? Yeah. I'm not sure his exact job title, but go for but, it. But Mercedes is chief whinger. Um, he, he said to him, <laughs> it was one of those. Now, that doesn't really give too much description as to why there wasn't a penalty, but... I'm going to leave that because I've moaned enough about Brazil and we're talking about Qatar. Yeah, I can see a bit of an incident. Max does it on purpose, suits him, and that means that he has a great chance of wrapping up that title when it comes to Abu Dhabi, the final race. But we've got a couple more to do before then. That has been your Brazilian Grand Prix review. So thank you very much for listening and thank you, Joe and Jimmy, for your insight. It was excellent as ever. For more content, head over to ajontheline.com. Follow me on Instagram at AdamJW44. And whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else, please do leave a rating and a review and whatever you need to do to show your love for this podcast that we love making for you. Uh, We really do appreciate you listening. Um, And do get in touch. And tell us, is Lewis Hamilton still in this? Is he really the favourite? He's, he's not winning. Oh, Max Verstappen's leading by 14 points. It's, it's tough, isn't it, to call? But that's why we love racing. But what we do know, that, and it's the one thing that we do know, is we'll see you in Qatar. And we look forward to speaking to you then.